God, Miss Football Season. XFL is gonna have to do for this backdrop. It ain't gonna cut it. Sweat Equity Podcast, coming to you from the home of the Tampa Bay Vipers. Woo! Yeah. Probably the worst team in the XFL. Favorite uh, to win it all at the beginning of the year, you know that? Our guest today, Adrian Earhart, comedian, director of marketing, living that, living in both worlds. Got an exciting interview with her. She's in the cannabis community. Funny friend, excited to bring it in. Her website is Cradrian, C-R-A-Y-D-R-I-E-N-N-E. That's Cradrian.com. All right, let's get into some plugs real quick. This is a podcast that I have to say at the top, we're the best comedy business podcast Number in the one, fucking baby. world. There's 900,000 podcasts, and we appreciate you listening to this one. Uh, number one in the in the rankings for comedy and business. Yes. If that exists. Uh, we're a pragmatic entrepreneurial advice podcast with dick jokes. Uh, hashtag girthy RI. Hashtag 69ing B2B. Hashtag sweat equity. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Laughable, YouTube, Facebook, Vimeo. We are sponsored by the best thing you can do, really, before I get into the sponsor links, is share this with a friend. Give me money. If you've got a friend trying to do that side hustle, needs some help, or just needs to get the demons out, they're lonely, they need a conversation that imitates, you know. They need to feel better about themselves. Yeah. Look at these losers. They need online friends, internet friends. Yes. My favorite friend. new thing. Share this with them. It's all about hustle. They can send us questions. We'll answer them on air. This episode is brought to you by Grasshopper, the business phone line. Don't be a jabroni with a Google voice number. Try grasshopper.com slash sweat. Gets you $50 off a business phone line. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. Gets you $50 off that business phone line. Don't have two cell phones. Uh, you just have an app on your phone. Forwards all the calls. I've got it on my phone. Try grasshopper.com forward slash sweat. $50. Holler if you hear me. Fresh books. We're getting into tax season. You hear that, Liberty Tax Statue Liberty mascots? I see you. GoFreshBooks.com forward slash sweat. Get you the hookup. $50 off having the software. If you GoFreshBooks.com forward slash sweat. That's GoFreshBooks.com forward slash sweat. You say it three times that people memorize it. Um, Gets you the hookup. Next business day, direct deposit. And if you have a Chase Bank, direct deposit that day. Big time. Big time. They're making moves over uh, QuickBooks over zero with an X. Go FreshBooks.com forward slash sweat. And lastly, Warby Parker, WarbyParkerTrial.com. Get five or dot com forward slash sweat. Get five free pairs to try on eyeglassware, sunglassware at home. It fits my fat head. It'll fit yours. WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat. That's WarbyParkerTrial.com forward slash sweat. All these links will probably be in the episode description. Maybe. <laughs> uh, if I remember. I'll go in and edit it. Uh, no, you won't. Nah. And that's it. You feeling good, Eric? I feel amazing. Yeah. Okay. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity. My, my sweat equity. Howdy, Tony. You got to get a little hotty toddy and get fired up, right? Adrian, what do you think about the hotty toddy? That's for football, right? Yeah. Anything Damn. but this. Anything but this. 
it, I I wanted a old school radio uh, lead in. You know, a lot of guys had their whatever their their kind of hello. I always mm-hmm. liked that, so I was trying to think of one, and I just copied uh, one that already existed in another way. Not Couldn't radio, have copied a better podcast. one, huh? I don't know. There's something about screaming hotty toddy. Uh, it gets you a little fired up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Is that a drink too? A hotty toddy? Yes. Yeah. It can be. Uh huh. Yeah. Now you're getting it. Now. Now it's all. It's, it's only cool stuff, right? <laughs> don't encourage okay. him. Yeah. Stop talking about <laughs> it. Eric hates it, so he's he's happy when I forget to do it. Ah. Um, uh. Let Let's do professional stuff and bring you in as our guest. Adrian Earhart, comedian, uh, buddy of mine. We've only met, I think, in person once, I believe, but have been internet friends. <laughs> Jesus. What? I just like saying that. I like saying internet friends. We're and, internet friends. And then any girl. On the World Wide Web. If I do get a girlfriend one day, uh, say it, call her my lady friend. That'd be very Florida. Um, and then I'm going to have a ponytail, and that's how I roll the rest of my life. But – uh, stand-up comedian, um, you are, I do like, uh, the cut of your jib because you're a, in a similar way like I was or am is like, you have a professional life and you do comedy at night. There's just not a lot of stand-ups, not a lot of people I've met in the, the stand-up world that actually have a real day job, like a real uh-huh. career. Not waiting uh, tables. Yeah, something mindless or something just to get by. It seems like mm-hmm. you don't wait tables, do you? Nope. Oh, thank God. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying like you're entrepreneurial, but in a professional way, from what I can gather, you know, over the years and stuff. So, uh, what what are you doing in the cannabis world? Any of that talk about or no? You can talk. Nothing is off limits. Okay. I want to make sure. Good to know. I should have pre-interviewed, but I didn't. Yeah, no, whatever. you're good. Everything's good. Um, so what what are you doing in the cannabis community? I see a lot of stuff you're posting. Uh, looks interesting. I'm always interested in that sector because I've said like CBD is the new CrossFit, basically, <laughs> of you know business douchiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, there's just got to be so many jabronis in that world now. And for someone like you, that's probably analytical. You're probably have a lot of thoughts in your head about what's going uh, the, the jabronis was just so triggering. I feel so East Coast right now. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been in cannabis for a long time now, um, since my arrest in Florida before I left um, to come to L.A. And right now I'm the director of marketing and operations at a shop that also has a distribution center and an event space. So there's a lot, um, it's like a, brewery. a lot to that job. That's, uh, a, that's a good gateway sure. drug. Well, I looked. At, <laughs> we I looked at wanting to get breweries when I had my uh, my agency running, you know, full steam ahead, and I really wanted breweries because I thought, okay, they have to spend a certain amount. Uh, but then I really looked at that model; they all follow the same one, and you vi- you really become an event space unless you do distributing, you know, for beer, at least for your own beer. If you're not making your own beer and doing the distribution correctly. Yeah, you're just a you're, bar. You're basically a bar that makes its own shit. And so, sure. like, but they don't get that in a lot of space. And so I'm curious, in event space, for uh, <laughs> what's going on in there? I, like, a lot of hacky sack tournaments or what? Uh, 
way to mics. way to stereotype the the community, man. Oh, you you <laughs> haven't seen my stand up in a while. I'm a hack. You forget. I'm a hack. I'm I'm the new face of cannabis. Someone like me who gets up at six and does yoga and works a full time job and then has programs that go to for self help and she does wears, cryotherapy. As, as she wears a robe, as we do, just, you look like you just crawled out of bed. But, yeah. <laughs> I just got out of the shower. I know. After a full day of doing shit, we so, know that. Um, I'm just saying. No, we're just kidding. It just uh, anybody that's watching this would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm successful. I agree. <laughs> um. Yeah, so it's a it's a, a full time heavy job, um, and the event space. I was actually in it last night. I threw an event for my staff, um, a sound bath with like weird hippie music, um, and we had a tarot card reader and a henna tattooer and a massage therapist because it's L A. and that's what you do. Um, I'm spiritual. It was great. Not religious. I'm spiritual. <laughs> yeah. I can't take any credit for the event. My assistant threw it and, and did everything. I just gave her the ideas and said yes and no and paid for things. Um, but the space is supposed to be neutral so that you can come do any event there. But, um, the hope is that when they start releasing consumption licenses in LA outside of West Hollywood, where the Lowell cafe is, that we'll be first in line for a consumption cafe. Oh, nice. Yeah. I lived in West Hollywood once upon a time. You know, that's like the, yeah. gay, brag. you know, that's like the gayest. I know. Boys, oh yeah. Boys town. I was right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, my, the guy I'm dating lives there too. So it's yeah. not all gay. Woo. Yeah. I've got I've got questions about arrest. The guy you're dating. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of fire. <laughs> what what was the arrest? I didn't. I don't. I don't know about that. What, uh, what ha- happened? What happened was it was outside the Funky Buddha. Have you been to Boca and performed there? Um, I've heard of it just through. I've just seen it through uh, knowing the South Florida comics like y'all. Um, yeah. Or your former South Florida comic. Uh, but I don't know. I, I've never been there now. Well, it's in Boca. It's on Federal Highway near FAU. Um, I used to go there when I was in college. And I was out back um, on my first date with my now ex-husband, um, smoking weed in my car, and I got popped. And it's just the cop happened to be training a rookie. So I uh, was actually, like, arrested that time. Because you're from Florida, too. I've been thrown in cuffs hella times and never been arrested. But uh, Made an example of. Yeah, 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 they had to do it that night. I don't know um, if that was and a I was prerequisite Floridian thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never really been never that. been put in handcuffs, uh, but you know, I got lucky. I'm like, I well, mean, y'all from the you're from the West Coast of Florida. It's different. Oh, I didn't okay. know. Yeah. I didn't know that. Y'all's different out there. <laughs> yeah, everything runs a little slower. Everything's a little more calm. I did. Yeah, over Boca Raton. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Boca's <laughs> fast place compared. <laughs> Those, those Buicks go up to 30 in the 30, 30 zone. Uh, no, that's, um, you've, so you've been handcuffed a bunch and not arrested, 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 arrested. Right, 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 right. It talked my way out of, uh, out of most things. Um, white privilege. Yeah. Jewish privilege. I don't know. Uh, just I'm good at talking. No. I think it's probably less white privilege and more pretty girl privilege. I'm not going to lie. So, so you're, you're a pretty girl that knows you're a pretty girl. I've worst. been told so much in the last six months that I have to like stop saying that I don't think I am because people are getting actively angry at me. So I'm trying to lean into it, but trust, I do not think that I'm a pretty girl. I'm just accepting. I can relate. Uh, no, but yeah. the only guy, the only people that tell me this are other male comics that I know. And I'm like, I'm mm. not, I don't know. It's not anything outside world, but they're like, you're a good looking guy. And I'm like, uh, 
like that, but they'll tell me that which who a lot of dude a lot of a lot of guy comics i don't know a lot of look i'm gonna turn go to guys. another school yeah you don't know them. i met them at camp but uh no there are a, a lot of straight guy comics i'm gonna turn them gay i'm gonna, I'm gonna turn them around but i'm saying like i'm always fascinated with the self-awareness of of that to be able to, to weaponize it in a way that's good for you and the hot chick sector not not straight guy turning yeah, I'd never thought I was hot. And then during my divorce, my husband said so many horrible things to me that I, I really just did not believe that I was attractive. And it's taken the full six months and dating several people, including some comedians, for me to um, to believe it. And like it's it's been the, in the last few weeks saying things on stage about like not feeling attractive or like talking to conversation and people get like very angry with me because they're like, you're a hot girl. You need to shut the fuck up right now. And then like they get, it's because of visceral reaction. So I either just don't mention my looks or I just accept that that's part of it. And I know that getting out of many arrests was definitely, that was definitely part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Being a hot chick is a superpower for sure. Um, yeah. And knowing it, but having a personality and being a hot chick and not knowing you're a hot chick until whatever, six months ago or the last six months or whatever. It's pretty mm-hmm. funny to me, but that is like, that's what you, I think a lot of guys look for. It, I, I don't know. I always, I was always, I'm always attracted to the female comic because they're, they have that personality and it's just much hotter if they're funny and can, can kind of charm their way out of shit. Some people like it. Some people don't. I'm very damaged. I have a lot of baggage and in my head, I'm still, you know, the 14-year-old flat-chested, big-nosed Jewish girl who played the tuba and danced ballet. And, like, that's how I, that's who I feel like I am inside. I think that's a lot of people still feel like they're the 14-year-old, sure. like, before uh, puberty fully hits mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's, like, a, a theory, Oh, yeah, no, psychological I, theory of some kind. Look, if we're talking, this is uh, a business and, po- and kind of comedy podcast of sorts, and it's, like, in both those worlds, it's just a lot of people either... Uh, kind of stoicism kind of philosophy going through that, like trying to work through that insecurity, you know, mm-hmm. by their work or faking the funk and being like that performer comic. That's like super clean. It does dancing on stage. And then is the fucking biggest dirt ball. When you <laughs> yeah. They do yeah. church gigs and then they're the fucking grossest people you hang out with. And that's like, I don't know. I feel like in the business world, there's plenty of people faking the funk. Like, any realtor is like, you know, yeah, just that there's mounds of security, insecurity going on with uh, every realtor I've ever met at like mm-hmm. any business function. The ratio of like motivational, uh, you can do it people oh, yeah. compared to yeah. the actual people doing things is absurd. It's like 50 50 where it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm into leadership. Like, what does that yeah. mean? What'd you do to get there? Right. How did you lead someone? Well, I, I, I took just a... am into leadership. I'm a leader. <laughs> right. I paid five grand for Tony Robbins. and you know, Right. I got the certificate. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I paid the money, so. So do you find, how about this? Have you found out, here's something you may not have discovered that took me a while. I still struggle with this, is to be able to use a lot of the skills you have with comedy, and it, it does bleed into the business world. You can use it to kind of your advantage. Like, I found when I met with clients that didn't really know me that well, I would tell them, I try to tell them in the first couple of minutes that I do stand up uh, at night. You know, this is, you know, kind of my part-time moonlighting career for the last mm-hmm. 12 years or so. Uh, semi-professional. Cause I, I feel like I, I don't know, calling yourself a 
professional comic. You should just be paying the bills with that. Um, so there's that insecurity where I already knocked down myself uh, <laughs> telling these people. What, mm-hmm. what happens, though, is I found that, I, and I, I always preface the meeting with that. I was like, because if I give a weird kind of example or metaphor, it's just kind of my way of trying to figure out how to communicate something that's a little hard. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what stand-up is. And then what happens is instead of having to have three or four meetings with this person, we end up it's one or two, right? Because they let their guard down and they mm-hmm. want to tell you stuff because, you know, and, and a lot of consulting stuff, they don't have anybody to talk to for the most part. So you're kind of doing a little therapy, <clears throat> but everybody like that, they let their guard down. They know you're vulnerable. Well, no, they open to be vulnerable. Whatever. I don't know what they think of comedians. I go, whatever your favorite comedian is. I'm not that. I'm probably not that person. I, that's probably not I'm my not style. as funny as them. No, was, I don't have that style. Whatever it is, it's usually not. They're like, I love Seinfeld. I'm like, you, you won't like my ass. Like you, you don't want to see me trying to riff conversationally on stage. Um, I don't know if you found any kind of leveraging what you've done in the stand-up world to your professional world. Any of that? Um, for sure. I think you and I have very different experiences as um, a man and a woman okay. in the in the industry. I mean, comedy alone is a male-dominated industry. Yeah. Um, cannabis is still incredibly male-dominated. And in my professional life as a computer programmer, also very male-dominated. Yeah. So yeah. I'm constantly um, <clears throat> having to prove myself and not feel like an imposter. and uh, I usually nowadays don't let people, especially my Lyft drivers, know that I'm a comedian because it just um, it ruins everything. It ruins my day. It ruins my life. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to hear their suggestions for bits. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm talking in oh, very. Ow, jeez. Okay. No, yeah. I, I don't. Well, and that's in business settings too. Like oh, the LA okay. is a much more casual place than the East Coast. Everything runs slower. And when you're talking to somebody in a meeting and someone mentions that you're a comedian, then it's like, where can I come watch you perform? Are you really a comedian? How long have you been doing it? What kind of jokes do you do? Do you like Amy Schumer? Are you like Amy Schumer? Do you like Roseanne? And then it's just like on uh, incessant questioning, and it's just it changes the dynamic of the meeting. I prefer to keep that out of my professional life if I, I can. Yeah, I guess you have a backdrop of that, you know, of Hollywood kind of around. So everybody's kind of tangentially like interested in that, you know, in that yes. world, even if they're not in it at all. That you know, you're three people away from someone that does something interesting like that. So it's like right. Yeah, I remember living out there and uh, I was out there for like five, six years. And it was like, it is very casual like that. And it is like, well, let's play the name game. Have you noticed this? The weird thing about L.A., okay, second biggest city land size, uh, like land county wise. I understand. Okay, just follow me. Jacksonville's number one. Jacksonville, I Florida. was going to say Duval that. Duval County went up. Uh Who's a nerd? This guy. Uh, you've got like 20 million people in LA, but like a curb your enthusiasm where you're like, you would never run into the same person twice just randomly right. in one area of LA. It's like, actually, it happens a lot because like basically like Hollywood, West Hollywood, you know, getting over to West Westwood to Brentwood. Santa Monica. We get Palisades. it. You know geography. Palisades, yeah. like down to like, can't do local bits, man. Can't do but, local bits. But I mean, like it's just like this, just this little area of LA where a lot of people just kind of stay in that area, and mm-hmm. then you've got eleven million people that live in like Riverside doing meth. Like you have like that's east, 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 east LA. So it's like 
uh, it is one of those things where you can get in this weird bucket of people that kind of live in this, like these certain parts of LA that, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know anybody in the West side anymore. If you move to the West side bye forever, uh-huh. I mean, you're only 11 miles away, but it takes an hour to get there and I have to go over the hill and my, I might lose service. I'm, I'm good. Thank right, you. Right. Nice to meet you. Yeah. But I mean, it's still like you, you know, I, I would run into people like, when I was living in West Hollywood, I'd run into people that I, I, I knew, you know, that lived in Brentwood or whatever. And you're like, mm-hmm. uh, it's we're just weird. OJ. And, yeah. <laughs> well, OJ's <laughs> okay. house is like literally pretty, you, like you can still drive by it, I think. Um, but Yes, you can. Yeah. Why would they close the street down? I mean, he's not guilty, guys. So, you know. Yeah. I saw the documentary. Um, this is documentary. Uh. So what, so in your professional life, Going against the grain, do you find you've got that fu thing? I'll prove it. Uh, is it is is the gender part a little? Is it weigh? Does it weigh on you a lot? Oh yeah, it does. Oh yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to like run a bit. I'm. I'm maybe I'm just very naive. I don't know. Like, uh, I I don't know how prevalent that actually is in the working world for a lot of women. Incredibly prevalent. Okay. Incredibly Anything, prevalent. very dramatic. Anything you can, yeah, that was. I was like, did we lose reception? Uh, yeah. What's she doing? Like, what is that? <laughs> she hear us? She's gonna stab us over the internet. If you're listening to this on audio. She just she just gave her own close up uh, to get to mm-hmm. what. So, any example you want to talk about or can talk about? Um, I mean, today or like this week or yesterday, like it's, it's daily. Really, bruh. It's oh man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, feel, I mean, feel, it's better in comedy, naive. especially in LA because of the Me Too movement. Um, and I feel like a lot of comics will mention the Me Too movement um, right after saying something. Like a big, a big headliner the other day, I was at the store, the comedy store, and he um, saw me in the hallway and he goes, "You look like Heather Locklear when she was young." God damn, Sam like, Tripoli. God damn it. No. Uh, it was not him, no. but the guy, the guy I'm dating opens for him, he's, but it wasn't he's, Sam. He's our friend of the program. Uh, he's a good buddy. It was somebody bigger than that. And, um, oh, oh, and I was like, Sam. even bigger than Sam. You're going to get yelled talk to by Sam Tripoli. Hey, what you say about me? Yeah. That's my Sam Tripoli. Right. I think if I said the name, he would know. And he I'm would be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, he's bigger. Yeah. Um, but it was like, uh, you know, I came to the store, my friend, um, my roommate, Nicole Amy Schreiber, was uh, had recorded Lights Out with David Spade. So we went to the store to go watch her there with all her friends and everything. And I was just in a hoodie, no makeup on, just chilling. And then he turns around and says that to me. He looks like Heather Locklear. And all of a sudden, I'm not a fellow comic anymore. I'm like a pretty girl amongst a bunch of men. And it just completely changed the whole dynamic. And I wasn't able to have a normal conversation about comedy or what gigs are coming up or you know my roommate or anything then it was all just like all the dudes were just like thinking about sex yeah you get bucketed right like it's was it the way he said it or was it, it was obviously not a compliment like he wasn't trying to be nice it was a compliment but it was I'm a just, compliment i'm just curious like if, if it <laughs> so was you look like, like heather locklear way or like yeah, he, he's a guy who says stuff like that all the time and i was like uh cool thank you so much and he's like where are you from and i'm like florida and he's like, are you Jewish? And I was like, I'm half Jewish. And he goes, okay, you're beautiful. And um, it was ju- it was just, it was I, jarring I because couple, I've seen him I'm guesses before. In my head. I'm not going to say any. 
Yeah, I'm not going to say the name. This oh, yeah, is not yeah, what you I, do in LA. No, yeah, no. I, it, it but it totally changed the the whole atmosphere, and it's already the the community is already so predatory towards women, um, and everyone knows I'm single now, so that's like really really stressful for me. I feel like I was protected by the the guise of a relationship and then a marriage for a long time. And everyone knows now that I'm single. So it's like, I don't know if I'm getting booked on things because they think I'm funny or because they think that if I come, maybe we'll hang out after or something. So it's like, I'm, I'm feeling empathy for women because I've never been single in the comedy industry. Like I started doing comedy when I started dating my ex-husband, mm-hmm. um, following him or, you know, go, hanging out with him at Mike's and then eventually doing it myself. Now he doesn't even do stand up anymore. And I do stand up because it's my thing. Um, and it's, it's a weird dynamic for me right now. So I'm a special case because the community is small and everybody hears everything very quickly. So everybody knows right now. So So ask me again in in six months and it'll be different. So gossipy. Yeah. It is a bunch of like, it's high school. uh, Well, we're talking about insecurity, right? That's if there's a through line for this kind of, you know, uh, you coming on talking about this stuff, that's all that stuff reeks of insecurity. All right. So that guy talking to you, here's how I see it. The guy talking to you uh, in my head, he's gotten to a certain level, but he's still the insecure guy. So it's almost like, I think what Eric was trying to uh, lead to maybe was it's almost like an attack compliment. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, it's like you, you look like this uh, instead of saying something genuinely just nice. Well, yeah, there's just like, nothing. there's just like an obvious tone to things that when you retell a story, it might not be obvious, but you're living it. And it's like, you were mm-hmm. definitely being a dick creep weirdo and i wasn't offended it was a nice compliment he was very nice to me um and if i see him again he'll remember me now because he's you know he thinks i look like heather Heather locklear Locklear. yeah which i don't see at all but um sometimes that but i I would i I call it bucketing like you sometimes you get introduced to someone and they reference you as this person i i get it around here in tampa bay because uh my family's kind of been here forever and they're very social in the the area and it's like oh this is his little brother or her little brother or whatever and it's like then you're just kind of that forever and i'm Mm -hmm. like well no i've i fucking crush it in the professional world doing this you know doing this this and this and like helping businesses grow from here to here and all this stuff consulted 400 businesses but you can get bucketed as you know dipshit little brother sometimes and then you can never get to that professional meeting that you wanted to talk to that person about, you know, or someone's wife. I've been known as someone's wife for a while now. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that would be tough. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think if he had picked a more accurate celebrity that you look like (laughs) would have been less offensive? Yeah, should we just do that the rest of the episode? That's not the point. It was, it was not offensive. She's gorgeous. And like, I don't think I look like her. No, I don't think so. I think it was, my hair is, Big. He thinks I have big. Hair. I don't know. I don't oh, know what it was. Big hair. Okay. I told the guy I'm dating, and he was like, "No, accurate. Yeah, he was like Heather Locklear." So I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna accept that." Um, I was not offended. I was not offended that he called me Heather Locklear. I, if he had done it quietly, where no one else could hear, it would have been awesome. Yeah. It was just uh, that it it made uh, me so there you go. something different. Right. Insecure, right? He's putting it out there, and it, I'm. Sh- it sounds like, if I'm guessing, it sounds like it was not like a green room or something or something. It was like a weird conversation Hallway. starter. Yeah. It's like, uh, or of a show of, yeah. Around. Let others. me say this almost openly and not really think about who this person might actually be. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it doesn't matter if you make a bunch of money successful in, in comedy or business. There's still guys that are just, they have that. Like, they, they'll never lose that, right? It's still insecurity, right? It, it'll keep them, it'll, it'll it, in one way, it can keep that inertia going, right? I mean, just today, mm-hmm. I was, I I forget the, gotta prove the, it. the I female, gotta prove it. I got a fucking Tesla. female comic on Joey Diaz's podcast talking about. Chelsea Skidmore? Yes. Yeah. Her interactions with Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. It's just like, yeah. geez. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Like, this poor girl, like. You know, she's honest. a week, yeah, a week into getting to LA, and like she thinks this awesome stuff is happening, and it's like this guy literally just jerks off in front of her. It's like, oh my god, man! And she's, I thought it was very good because she's super honest about like, look, a lot of people say they they you know uh, would run away at that moment. It's like you're in shock. You don't even know what's going on. You, you don't want to blow your big chance, you know, like. You know, like well, yeah, that's that's like in your. All recesses. I have to do is I don't actually have to touch the guy. Okay, uh, maybe right. just this once. I don't know. Like I'm new. You to won't this. blow your chance if you let him blow his load. That's everyone knows that on the rug that's or good, on the carpet. That's a good through line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she didn't do anything uh, in this interview. She's talking about. It. She's like, I didn't do anything. He would just start choking off. Yeah, and then finish in front of her, and Dude. it was like on the floor, and she was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I mean, and it's like. And the way he was bringing her up was very sneaky and gross. Like, no, 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 not this. Like, kept saying, forgetting like, things. I'm not gonna be creepy I this something. time. Yeah, I'm not gonna be creepy this time. And then be. Ah, it's not gonna creepier. be like that. Yeah, I know some guys like that. It, I can't hang out with them. I don't want to talk to them. It's just bad people to hang around, just in general. But how nice for you to have that luxury to choose who you hang out with and no, whose shows not, you do. Not, no, 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 no. I'm not saying shows. I'm just saying people in general. I look. I don't. I, I don't have ultimate autonomy i'm not saying like i i can do it like a guess who board for mm-hmm. everybody i'm saying like i've i've really tried to and i'm probably thinking i'm thinking a lot like you maybe a little bit over analytical sometimes right it's probably what makes you good at what you do for marketing mm-hmm. right because you're, you're thinking out every scenario contingency mm-hmm. plans uh you've got an assistant which means you're, you're you're like having assistants fucking awesome like I want an assistant so bad. I want a hairless little gay guy. I want, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, share. I want to, I want you to share them with me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need Just my own. Business. Just give me yours. Just for business. Yeah. Um, no, but I want, <laughs> cause my, my gay buddies are very organized and I'm not, I'm not clerical administrative, like all the gay ones, all my gays. Yeah. All my gay mafia friends in this area, at least. I know a couple of very disorganized gay guys. I don't want them. Uh, I don't hang there's out. There's a lot. There's a lot Get of gay. No, I'm ca- it's definitely. I'm definitely like just generalizing, but I'm saying like, it's uh, one of those things where I, I just really try to look at a lot of stuff. Going through divorce at the moment, similar like, all right, I just need to kind of cut some shit out of nothing. I need to kind of work on four things, and not thirteen. That was one big mm-hmm. thing. Some someone else told me, and I was like, okay, that was a good call. And then part the other part was I don't need to hang around. Why am I forcing hanging around people? I don't want to. I don't think it's any benefit to me growing as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, you can hang out after a comedy show, but you know, there's uh, sometimes it's awesome, but most of the time you should just be going home to go right. You know, and I've been trying to do that kind, like that little thing, right? Literally five minutes before the podcast, you're like, I need to put myself out there more and just get out there and mingle more. Yeah. <laughs> no, I need to do that, but but I'm but, okay. So even you gotta that, hang out. 
But even that, hang out. on a business level, that was focused. That's measured. I'm looking at mm-hmm. things that aren't. You're talking just socially. Yeah, Strictly but I mean, so. like community wise, I'm I I try to think about it like community wise. I like doing volunteering effort because I feel something good back, not because I'm a good human. It just feels good to do volunteer work to me. So selfish. Hey, the end result works. Whatever. The end. I don't have time to volunteer. I'm working on myself, so. Well, that takes a lot of time. There's another thing I had to figure out too is like uh, the 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 oxygen mask for the baby on the flight in an emergency mm-hmm. situation. I always you first. I, I always thought it was weird to give it to yourself first. I'm like, that's fucking selfish. But you can't give it to the fucking baby if you don't give it to yourself. Yep. Because yep. you won't have oxygen. And so yep. that's like the perfect metaphor of like you can't go do a lot of shit unless you get like your core shit done. Yep. That makes sense. Totally. It's, I'm hyperproductive right now. This is actually my second divorce. So the trauma is real yeah. and it's uh, uprooted a lot of stuff. And I'm, I'm in i I'm in a lot of therapy and working on myself. And then because I was running every day to try to stop the demons from chasing me, I ended up tearing my hip, which is probably from the 20 years of ballet that I did, but running did not help with that. Um, and I'm I just, I just, serious. I've been nonstop, like, it, the, from the minute he decided he didn't want to be with me anymore and then I found out about all the affairs oh. I just have been like I moved out I froze my eggs I you know filed for divorce so it's been quite the wild ride well good for you, you took action you know it doesn't sound yeah. like you you wallowed you you you, you kind of for two weeks and I spent two weeks in bed yeah that that's a lot less than I think most people I, I was in the shitter for a long time for sure. Like you're going, well, you also have kids. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is a big part of that throws a lot of variables in for sure. Uh, And it's easier when you can hate them because I didn't know about the cheating for two weeks. So I hated myself. And then the minute I found out about the affairs, I was like, Oh, okay. Well you get out. Uh, and my life moves on now. Well, how are you using that inertia to like, are you using that to get shit going now? Because it, I, it looks like from what I can see, you're getting on stage a lot more, regardless yep. of this, of because you're single. I, I'm, I'm betting it's because you're more driven. Spite energy is the sure. best energy. Yeah, we talk about for spite sure. fuel. You know, use that, use that spite as fuel, like it's an energy. I'm energy. angry for sure. Yeah, but most of my jokes right now are about what happened to me and what's still happening to me. Um, I've pretty much folded most of the shit I was doing before. I, I basically took two years off from when I got married from stand-up because um, I was focusing on my my family life and trying to be a good wife and my cannabis career, which was doing really well. I had a cannabis talk show, so I wasn't really doing stand-up. And then like two weeks after the breakup, I got back up on stage, and that's how most of the comedy community found out that we were getting divorced was from my, that set that night. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a fun gossip, too. I still have to tell mm. people. Yeah, or just in, in public. Um, but it's one of those things It's like uh... – uh, that that's good to hear. Like I, I you know, I, I feel for you. And look, you can hit me up anytime. I know we're not BFFs, but uh, I at least empathize with the situation. So if you mm-hmm. want to vent, you can just remember I'm on East Coast time. You know, it's like I appreciate that. Yeah. There's been so many people have reached out to me with either other tronic events or their own divorces or their own people cheating on them, and it's it's overwhelming how many people reach out to me still every day. I was super depressed if I didn't have Eric and like a hundred friends that, you know, 
I would call up and kind of talk this out with, it would have been mm-hmm. way fucking harder. Oh, just like one of the other 100? Yeah. Thanks. No, you're in my top 20 for sure. No, what? <laughs> no, but I would see Eric every day at, in our office, and it was like, let me bitch for like 15 minutes, and then we'll get to, yeah. we'll get to going. My best friend at work, Sad dad who's girl. my best friend in, in real life, got um, broke up with her girlfriend like a week after me. And my husband separated. Uh-huh. So we were like going through it at the same time, yeah. leaning on each other. Yeah. And then I came out of it faster because I just put my head down and just barreled through life. And I was at work giving myself shots in the stomach for the hormones for the egg freezing uh, wow. like on my lunches and stuff. Like literally in the office, just like close the door for a second, shoot myself, get up. I'm feeling sick. I'm feeling bloated. I feel like shit. I'm, I'm also on antidepressants trying to get through this. You know, and then the actual procedure happens and I have to recover from the procedure while still going to work and shit. And then I started running again pretty soon thereafter. And I'm dating the whole time. Mm-hmm. I've dated like four people during this interim. Yeah. Um, and it's I was running myself ragged. And yeah. I just recently I mean, yes, I'm I'm in love with someone now and I'm calm I've calmed down significantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh yeah, it's great. And um we have a it's amazing here. They did the <laughs> Oh. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my thing. I'd call out a fun bit and then ruin it. No, no, no. It was like, I. It, it wasn't that funny. It wasn't funny. No. Look, I know. You get dad jokes. You don't have to say you know. No, uh, but you, get, <laughs> you inherit dad, uh, dad grip, uh, dad re- reflexes, but dad jokes for sure. Yeah. Um, and you did something, Eric and I have talked about this podcast a lot, is the anger run. You know, uh, I would have shit that would, uh, God, I hate using this word, would trigger me. You know, I'd read something from a text that would piss me off. And when I started, I'd listen to like that David Goggins book, uh, which is all just like fucking run until it doesn't pain, doesn't matter kind of shit. He's all mind over matter as far as mm-hmm. it's, you know, pain of working out and shit. I really tried to apply a little bit of that and just like get up and work out. And if shit pisses you off, I would go, okay, put the shoes on and just, if you can't run, just walk for an hour, but just do mm-hmm. it. Do it until you're not. You've only got so much energy. Yeah, do it until you're not angry. Use it on that. So I'd be like, I was looking at my runs, and they'd be like, oh, I haven't run eight miles in, I don't know, fucking seven years. And it was like, well, I was pretty pissed that day. So it's like, you did something that I, I think is actually healthy, minus, you know, the hip part. That's just an injury that it sucks. Uh, but I want to we're going 35 minutes. So I want to make sure we're keeping it as tight for you. Cause you said uh, you had a busy day, even though you're in a, a kimono um, in bed, but <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Claim to have had a busy day. It takes me 10 minutes to get ready. So okay. when the next podcast gets here, I'll be ready. You have another one after yeah. this. Yeah. It's six 30. So by six 15, if I'm out of here, I can get ready and be ready by then. Cause then I have a dinner and then I have a party. Holy cow. Well, look, that yeah. that's cool to hear because you're getting out there. You're in love. You're doing stand-up. Your professional life's going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- I would say this is a good interview about how to get out of that muck uh, around all the insecurity circling. Mm-hmm. What is – we'll end on this. What is the advice? If you had a, a time machine, you can go back, talk to a teenage, the 14-year-old flat-chested, half-Jewish. Playing the tuba. You're still half-Jewish, but, yeah, playing the tuba. You still got those tuba skills probably, but what would mm-hmm. you say if you could travel back in time to talk to that 14 year old Adrian and go, you know, here's a, here's some advice you need to follow because 
I, I wish I, I wish I knew this shit. Um, I'd probably say to her, you're going to be hot and funny. So <laughs> ignore all the dudes right now. Yeah. Cause that, that ruined my life. Like tying myself to a man. Every time I made a decision because of a man, it ruined my life. Yeah. Being codependent on the relationship instead mm-hmm. of being, you know, mutually beneficial and y'all be independent people, you know? Yeah. I'm working on that now. It's, it's hard to get through, especially when you have a childhood of abuse and then abuse again in your adult years. It's hard, but I'm, uh, I'm not codependent anymore. And, uh, I'm in a lot of therapy. So good. I would tell Adrian that start sooner, start trying not to be codependent sooner and just know that you're going to be hot and funny. And then you don't have to worry about trying to make yourself those things. And if I can give pragmatic advice for anybody listening, we try to give real nerd pragmatic tips, but like, um, you know, there's a lot of online therapy you can do. I did it to mm-hmm. get into like real one-on-one therapy stuff. Um, and now, God damn it. I can't remember the name of the fucking website, but, uh, better help, better help. Yes. Yeah. That's the one I use to kind of like, I've never done therapy on my own. Let me check this out. It, it put me with a person cause you fill out a form and it, it actually put me with a person that's pretty good for what I needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but not all therapy is, not all therapists are that good. There's not, you should date a few therapists. Yeah. Before you, yeah. You go, yeah. I did for sure. You go study. With I had one. a couple that didn't work out. Now, now I have one. She's the best. She's we, awesome. We had four marriage counselors and the third of the fourth, uh, I was like, this is a disciplinarian guy I need to talk to. So that became my guy. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, thanks for coming on. Um, and seriously hit me up anytime. I don't care how weird or random it is. Uh, I appreciate that. You know how it is with, comics you just get random calls all the time anyway but all the uh, time yep i won't send you any dick dick pics i swear and if i do it'll be someone's like a good dick so uh you wouldn't dare i know that no no i would never no not mine mine you're a gentleman <laughs> my dick's a bummer so i'm <laughs> i'm very modest about any of that so uh, they're mostly bummers dude yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> none of them are good i, I don't like any Nobody's of them like, Ooh, really? what yeah. a great some dick. of them are great Okay. Well, okay. I guess this I don't is know. time to go. I guess this is, <laughs> this is when we call it. No, thanks for coming on. Thank uh, you. Thanks Thank for you. having me. See you later. What about my sweat equity? Sweat equity. Sweat, 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 sweat equity. My sweat equity.